Today, I am speaking with an author, childhood educator, and meditation guide. In her work, holding both a bachelor's in corporate communication and a master's in childhood education and special education, she loves inspiring and supporting children in their academic and social-emotional development. At home in New York, she speaks both English and Spanish with her husband and their son, whom they are raising, bilingual. My guest is Nancy Torres. I'm Aiden Nepom, and this is The Changed Podcast. Welcome to the Change Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, Aiden. I'm I'm just really grateful and excited. Um, I'm excited because I got to have a sneak peek at your book. Um, say it with me. Um, which every time I hear the name of the book or say the name of the book, I expect to either join in on the next sentence somebody says or for them to join me. <laughs> but the name of the book is Say It With Me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I do that in class all day long. Like I'm either saying like, okay, say it with me if I'm teaching a new vocabulary word and then they'll say it with me. Or sometimes I'm just reading. Yeah. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the book, but before we do that, you teach in the classroom. Are you teaching, what grade do you teach? I teach second grade um, and I'm in person right now. Um, we, we've been in person since January. And how's, how's it going? How's the classroom experience going through all of this? How do the kids seem to be coping? How are you coping? I love being back in the classroom and the kids do as well. Like they, you know, we've had some uh, snow days, right? Where we're like remote. But, mm -hmm. and I always have my students journal and I have them journal every morning. And so you, when they're back after a snow day or, or, you know, if we needed to go remote, um, they're like, I'm so happy to be in school today because they miss socializing with their peers, you yeah. know, and, and I, I love being in person because I get to know them in a very different manner, right? It's a different relationship building than just through a screen. So I am really excited and enjoying it. I had taken the last two years of childcare leave when my son was born. And so this is my first year back after being away for two years, staying home. And I just love it. You know, it's, it's like my dream job. Well, thank you for the very important underpaid work that you do. Um, I I feel like classroom educators get the short end of the stick in so many ways, um, but it's it's like critical, fundamental level, essential services that you provide. Our our children rely on your teaching in the classroom, and um, not just the content, but they learn so much about life and like you said, it's not just the academic development. There's the social emotional development that goes with it. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's especially this year, more than, more than any other year, right? It's like focusing mm -hmm. first primarily getting that social emotional down first, and then we can bring in the academics. Like academics is like, you know, backseat first, you know, especially back in January, it was just like, Hey, the first few weeks, I just need us to build community, build family. Um, and then we can get into academics. 
Yeah. Well, so this has been a year just filled with change for literally everybody. Um, pr- <laughs> prior to this, or maybe as a result of this, I don't know, what is, what is your general relationship with this idea of change, being changed or causing change? What do you think about? How do you define it? Oh, uh, change for me normally gives me hives and anxiety and I break out <laughs> in ashes and then I want to go back into bed and like not come out for a while. Um, uh-huh. But it's something I've begun to, as I get older, get more comfortable with and kind mm-hmm. of, and I have the tools to prepare me for it. I also now know my pattern of when it's a change that makes me, where I'm leaning into fear, right? That I know, okay, this is, this is going to take me out for a day or so. And, and knowing, okay, when I'm out, this is where I need to regroup. This is where I need to meditate, where I need to pray, where I need to like come back to my, you know, my practice, uh, my mm-hmm. affirmation, all of that. Then there's other change that's exciting. But for me, I've always been, whether it's amazing, whether it's a difficult change, or, you know, um, it always, I always need like a moment to process it. As a person with, a, in addition to your work as an educator, you you have all these hats. Um, you have this meditation hat, right? So do you find that that has shifted or changed your relationship to change itself? Or absolutely, 100%. It's what, like I said, it's what allows me to be taken out maybe for like the evening, maybe for the next few days, not where I am like, pausing and having anxiety attacks as I'm, you know, walking down the street or, um, cause I've had that, I've experienced that before I used to, before I began meditating. Um, and so meditation for me just does facilitate me transitioning to the next, you know, whatever the next step is, the next phase, you know, a move or, or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it hundred percent is, it's like bomb. It's like, okay, hey, here's this cozy sweater that you're going to need for this, you know. (laughs) Can you give an example of a change that might have previously caused you hives, but now that you feel you are better equipped to navigate through? Oh my goodness. Yes. Here's my story. Because they're related. Yeah. Well, then that's that's exactly what we should do. Let's hear your your story of change, uh, your fork in the road moments. Okay. So cats for me. I petri- like petrified, petrified where me and my husband, before when we were dating, we went to Greece, where in Santorini, we're coming home and there's a cat in the alley, a black cat in the alley. Now I'm in my mid thirties, right? I am petrified, Aiden, petrified. And it's this cat. This cat is literally like this size, like this size, like, <laughs> like my mind. Like the size of a cat. Right, right. <laughs> But in my mind, this cat is going to kill me. It is going to put me against the wall and it's going, I'm going to freeze of fear and it's going to scratch me and I'm going to die and it's all over. My husband's with me and he's like, let's just go. And I'm like, no, I'm like crying. I am, I'm crying. Okay. In the street of Santorini, praying, doing the our father. I'm not, there's no, I'm not being hyperbolic here. Literally. I'm like, our father, Lord, heaven, please, dear God, please. And it's walking and it's following me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like how I die. This is how I am taken out. It ends here, you know? Uh, and, and so finally <laughs> it went into another house and we were able to make it. I mean, it was like, my and you know we're dating at this time and he's like I knew you were afraid of cats because you're like allergic but I didn't know it was and I was like I yes 
this is my but like you have seen me in all my moments you know but where, where I literally have been like a cat will kill me if it's if it's a cat is in this little room here and it's me and the cat I am dead because I'll again I'll be paralyzed and it will just be like and I'll be like ah! and you know there went Nancy <laughs> so fast forward right I am in I'm now a mom I have my son my son's about maybe six months old or so in therapy and I was bringing him with me because there was no childcare. And my therapist at the time had her office um, in in her home, right? She had like a separate space for her, for her office. So I go there, brought my son and I knew she had a cat and she knows my fear of cats. We're vet, like, don't ever allow the cat to come in here. This is, you know, my time, right? Like, this is not like, oh, your cat's so cute. Nope, nope, I'm not putting on those airs, right? I am just like, but then the cat walks in during a session, okay? The cat walks in, it's a beautiful cat. It's this gorgeous cat, but I don't care how beautiful or gorgeous it is. I'm having a heart attack, right? Because now my son is here and I'm caught in this crossroad moment, right? She knows how petrified I am. My son is exploring the world and everything is new. And like now there's this little, thing that's moving that's white and fuzzy and flurry and he's like smiling and I breathe right I breathe and I go it's so beautiful right Sebastian like look at the cat how how lovely is it and uh, I, th I think I may have even like petted it and I'm just breathing my way through it because the moment for me was I don't want to pass on my anxiety, this irrational fear I have to my son. Right now, I am my son's teacher completely, right? I mean, me and him, we're like one with my husband, but he's with me, right, most of the time. And he, they're watching everything. They know everything, you know what I mean? And he looks to me to see if something is okay, if I can play with something, if something's funny. And so when he's looking at me and I'm like, like we're gonna, we're just gonna ride this one. Like, and what happened, you know, he was like, he loves animals and he was so like, oh, and, and it was such a pivotal moment in my life that's changed me where my stepdaughter now has a cat. And when she comes over and she brings over Lola, we're hanging in the same room and it's like, oh, Lola's here, cool. And Sebastian's chasing Lola and, and I'm cool with Lola now and cats cross in front of me and I'm like, oh, <laughs> That. Um, and my husband was like, like, that's real. I mean, do you remember Greece? I'm like, of course I remember Greece. Like, <laughs> how does anyone forget Greece? Um, and it it that was a moment where the breathing, the pausing, the not reacting, the being like, take, I don't care if it's a millisecond right now. You need to breathe and you need to process this like that and use your son and you've got this and don't whatever that you you have to now you know and let him have his you know whether he likes cats whether he doesn't regardless you know but let him be him right now don't influence what do you think would have happened if in that moment you would have instead of regrouping if you would have had your standard response what do you think the consequences of that would have been in front of my son and my son's still there uh, yeah all things the same the only thing difference is your response 
Uh, that would have ch- that would have changed a lot. That would have that would have been, I think, a, a, a spiral of. It, I think it would have for sure impacted my son. You know, I think. I mean, I don't know how long his memory would have actually lasted if it would have just you know kind of. Bloop. Um, but I know it would have affected me even more so. Um, not just in that moment. You know, okay, I was scared of the cat. Blah blah blah. But then I the that mom guilt, that mom guilt would have just the intensity of mom guilt of like, oh, I dropped the ball in this moment in front of my son. I should have handled it differently. You know, that the mom guilt would have just, it, it just would have snowballed into, I, what did, what did I do? How did I handle this wrong? How should I, how should mm-hmm. I have handled it? And knowing exactly how I should have handled it. And yeah, it would have just been more self, you know, not not self love, you know. Ego would have completely come in. Sure, yeah. Do you think that um, having overcome this fear has influenced other areas of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it it goes back to my son, right? It goes back to what what do I want for him? What do I, you know, what do I want? You know, there's times where I. I I'll speak up, right? But there's other moments where I won't, where I didn't before, out of fear or anything. But now I have my little guy, you know, who watches me and I can't tell him, you know, you do X, Y, and Z. And then him not seeing that modeled through me or my husband, right? And so it's again, that pausing, breathing and, okay, we're doing this. And, you know, whether it's saying something to someone or, you know, making a call of like, okay, we're going to cancel this, you know, whatever it is, whatever the situation is, it makes me more honest with my life choices and what, what is it that I really want to do as opposed to it, it, you know what it has done? The people pleasing, the people pleasing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Gone down, has completely gone down. That's interesting. I wonder if there's a relationship with people pleasing and anxiety. That might be a conversation for another day. But uh, I just I I have a lot of people in my life, and I have also experienced um, anxiety, and so it's a thing I'm constantly curious about. I'm like, what is the there's these common threads, you know, like people pleasing or um, or yeah. Anyway, but I guess the question that kind of comes up for me as I'm listening to all of this is, so you have this fear of cats. It goes back to childhood. This is like a well-established and the singular moment you were like, I, it's a cat. I'm going to set a good example. You don't remember if you touched the cat or not. Um, I bet you did. <laughs> Cause I've seen somebody do like that I'm with dogs. Yeah. They're like good dog. Uh, um, but so, <laughs> like, so I could tell, I'm picturing that you probably did, but I, I'm wondering like what, what was your relationship? So you said your relationship with change in general would cause you to break out in hives. And so after this, when you're, when you're forced to roll with the punches of change, I assume what you're talking about there is change that you're not responsible for change that's sort of thrust upon you versus change that, or maybe, maybe I'm jumping too far into conclusion territory, but how, I mean, is that a noticeable difference? based on overcoming this fear? My response to change? Um, I think the noticeable difference is um, how long it takes me to go with it. You know, mm, um, okay. and this could, and, and 
for me, it's change that I want and change also that I don't have control of change that I do have control of and change that I don't. Have. So change, it's just like change for me is like, you know, salt, you know, I like to put it in everything. Uh-huh. I, you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> change for me is like water. I need to drink it. I can't go without it. It's just life. You know, uh, as long as I I'm alive. Salt's, salt's a really colorful one too, though. I like salt because it's like a little bit of salt. A little bit of salt's right. like really good. And a lot of salt right. is really hard to swallow. Yes. 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 So maybe salt is the one to go with. We'll stick with salt. Um, <laughs> and so as, long, as long as I'm alive, I there will be change because that's just the nature yeah. of life. And so depending, obviously, you know, I'm not taken out of the game if there's no whatever at the supermarket, but uh, other, other life stuff, I'll need a moment. I'll definitely, I know, even if it's something I want and I've been working so hard for and it's happening, <gasps> that makes me need to pause and breathe and journal and pray. And I know, <laughs> I know I need to get my tools going or else no one around me is going to be happy. And, and mostly that means like my husband is going to be like, uh Oh, like go in the bedroom, Go pray, go meditate, go journal, uh-huh. and you've got this. <laughs> Are you? You've mentioned prayer a few times. Are you a religious person? Ah, uh, I think I'm more spiritual. You know, I believe in God. Uh-huh. I, you know, I believe in Jesus. You know, I I think that you know we're all perfectly and wonderfully made. I think you know God loves us all equally and. Yeah. I I love the casual way that you say, you know, like we're all perfectly made or whatever. You know, it's like this very casual tone. I love it. Um I <laughs> do you think that, you know, these so we do, we experience all these changes. Do you uh do you believe then in a divine hand in those changes? Or are you more of the mind that like we have some free will here? Um and but there's intelligence in the design behind the, the larger system. Um, I think that we have free will. We a hundred percent have free will and it's up to us if we are going to lean into that divine and be willing to accept it, ask for help, accept the guidance or to do it on our own and both. And that's where the free will is. I can turn and say, dear God, help me with this. You know, I'm asking Uh you and, you know, whether it's sitting still in meditation and either, you know, knowing my own inner, hearing my own inner guidance, which is really, you know, that connection to the divine, or I can say, I've got this. And for me, every time I don't lean into meditation, I don't lean into journaling, I don't lean into, you know, just either reading scripture or just saying a prayer of some sort, um, that's when I notice I'm in a jam. I'm in an anxious space. I'm in a jam. I'm not. Oh, Interesting. I'm not aligned with, with peace or with grace. And I, I'm, and it's like, hold on, you're not alone. Chill for a moment, breathe, get back into your practice. And then I'm like, okay. Mm. You know, I mean, if anyone's yeah, going to is... be able to do it for me, it's going to be God. You know what I mean? Like I can go make a hundred phone calls, <laughs> call everybody, but you know, the person who's got the most followers is definitely G.O.D. Yeah, you know <laughs> that that belongs on a bumper sticker for sure. Uh, <laughs> like you need to get that stat onto a bumper sticker. People will buy that. If you are interested, we could play a game. If you're game for a game, I'm game. I'm game. Let's do it. 
Okay, great. The name of the game is Aiden asks you a bunch of questions, not unlike what we already did. Then you answer them as quickly as possible. It's a long name, but it tells you almost everything you need to know. Yeah, great. So um, first question is cake or pie? Cake. Why? Frosting, chocolate, vanilla, sprinkles. I mean, ugh. It's true. Frosting and pie would be super weird, Um, though not impossible to pull off, I bet. If you had to choose between a favorite outfit for the rest of your life, but it's only that outfit, you just get the one, or a new outfit every single day, but you never get to wear the same outfit twice, which one do you choose? Oh my goodness. I kind of like the uniform. I like the uniform. I would do the same outfit, basically, which is like what I do anyway in life, and just change the accessories. <laughs> yeah, I would do the same. I would do the same outfit. Same outfit. Awesome. When it comes to the furniture in your home, uh, does the furniture have a place where it just lives forever and ever and ever until either it dies, you die, or you move to a different house? Or do you rearrange the furniture a lot? No. So we got married. So I, no, it stays there. It is staying there. We, it is staying there. We, we got married three years ago. And so everything is now where it needs to be, you know? So our home has now become our home. And I mean, we're still hanging like this weekend, we're going to be hanging up a painting that we just got. And that's been like in the entryway for the last week and a half. So no, whatever is going up and staying, it, it better stay. Don't even look at it. Cause don't even think it's moving. No. <laughs> Have you ever had a roommate or a loved one or a family member move a piece of furniture without telling you first? No, 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 I haven't. Well, then I won't ask you a (laughs) follow-up. No no follow-up question. Imagine it's not a global pandemic and you're on a trip. You check into the hotel. Do you unpack everything and put it in its proper place? Do you run out the door, drop your bags and run to go do something? Um, Do you do something else? What is your, I just got to this place on this trip routine. Uh, I definitely don't unpack everything. Like, like I might, I might finish unpacking like by that nighttime on the second day. I mean, the only reason I've begun to unpack seriously is because of my husband and he's such an unpacker. He's like <laughs> using the drawers and stuff. And, and I realized, I'm like, why is your clothes so not wrinkled and you're so neat and you're so ready to go? And it's well, because he uses the drawers. He uses the dressers. So I am the, I walk into the hotel. I'm like, all right, where are we going? What's, what's, what are, what's to do? Or I throw myself <laughs> on bed, relax for a moment. And then I'm like, all right, what are we doing? But there is no thought in my mind about unpacking. Zero. <laughs> you get on the airplane, you're sitting next to a stranger. Again, it's not a global pandemic. Masks are not an issue. Do you strike up a conversation or do you put on headphones and pretend to be invisible? Um, I'll smile politely. I'll say hello. And then I will put on the headphone, you know, unless you want to talk to me, but we're not, you know, this is like, no one has access to me right now for the next, you know, however long this flight is. I'd like to enjoy that. <laughs> What is, uh, as a teacher and or parent, you can choose, what is the silliest thing that you've watched a child like have to struggle with? Um, my son learning how to take off his shirt. Um, you know, that, that was really funny. And then like suddenly he like showed me, but he does it in a way that I would never do it. Like 
I don't even know where he learned it, but he takes his shirt from this part goes down. And so this whole <laughs> neckline is like that, which is cool because all his clothes are cotton and who cares, right? But, and then he'll show up and he'll like, and he pulls the shirt all the way down through his pants, through his legs. And then he hops out of his shirt and but sometimes because this because you know we're winter right we're coming out of winter the sleeves are long and they'll be like mama help mama help mama do that because his hit you know it somehow the process got messed up and so that's really cracks me up sometimes <laughs> <laughs> final question have you read any good books lately that you would recommend other than your own yes yes i did oh my god this is such a phenomenal book american dirt American Ooh. Dirt is, um, I think it's Oprah Club or Reese's uh, Book Club, but American Dirt was a phenomenal read, fiction read. Um, and all I'm going to say is pick it up, read it. Also, um, Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, that's another one. I might be I might be messing up the title, but uh, if you just Google Crawdads Sing, Where the Crawdads Sing, and American Dirt. Those are two books that I... I think a phenomenal read. All right. Thank you for playing Aiden asks you a bunch of questions and you answer them as quickly as possible. I want to come back to something that you said just a little bit ago about, you know, the, the different ways that we all experience change, like little things can be as big of a deal as big things, depending on who's experiencing it, which made me think a lot about the experience of children around change, um, which you get to witness firsthand in a really significant way. Um, and the whole inspiration, the whole reason I started this podcast was because of the changes that I was witnessing and talking to my own kiddo about as a stepmother. And my listeners have heard the story or read it on the website. So I, I don't want to tell the whole story. But it was like, you know, I caught myself going, look, I know change is really hard. And then I was like, whoa, what am I telling my kiddo that's going to ruin her for the future? Like, is that a helpful way to think about change? And then that got me thinking. And eventually, three years later, I was doing this. But as a person who's in the classroom working with children around all kinds, like you see them go through changes, you help them process changes. And so I'm curious, what do you tell kids about? How do you help them think about change? Or do you? You're like, good luck. I haven't figured it out. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go breathe in the corner and maybe cry for a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, no, I do speak to them. I basically teach them what everything that I practice in the sense of when they come in, first thing they do is in my school, we have a mood meter, which is basically a mosaic that's been in, you know, into di different pieces, not cut, but, you know, mm -hmm. made into a mosaic with the days of the month. And each day has, um, it's yellow, blue, red, green, and blue and red are like deep feelings, like mad, angry, sad, blue, and yellow is like peaceful, green is like, you know. And so they do that first. They color the day and then they journal. And I taught them the practice mm. of journaling where this journal prompt is, today I am feeling. And they'll share their feelings. You know, I scan the room, look at the mood meter, whoever is blue or red, I call them to my office, which is just the hallway. <laughs> you know? And then, um, I go, come to my office. And we just go outside and I go, what's up? And then they tell me what's going on. And I always validate. That's like my mm -hmm. first thing before I, you know, acknowledge anything. I'll just say, you know, I hear how you're feeling. I understand that, you know, that's understandable, whatever. Um, and then, you know, whatever the troubleshooting that needs to happen or, you know, whenever you're ready, let me know if, you know, you want some help with that or whatever. And then they'll journal. Right. And so it's in the journaling where they'll, you know, I get all, I get it all. I get, you know, 
oh, I'm not happy about today because today is, you know, we're doing a lot of writing or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and right now it's just a lot of validating, like, yikes, it sounds like a tough day. Like literally that's something I wrote to one of my students, like, yikes, I hope today ends up better than you think it's going to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's just acknowledging like just change, just re- reflecting back what they're saying and then not making it, I'm sure I have said, you know, sometimes change can be hard. Sometimes change, you know, is exciting. And, you know, every experience mm-hmm. is different. We're experiencing, and especially right now, I mean, it's, you know, in the classroom, it's, there's constant change. There is constant, mm-hmm. constant change. There. Um, and it's learning the tools to help us feel more peace, not feel better, not, not, be, not make it, you know, suddenly it's a great day. No, but just to be right. okay. Just come back to baseline. Yeah, it's I've, I've been finding lately um, we've been doing the seasonal change of the shoes, which is always a moment of change for our little to process, apparent, apparently. And I'm always stunned by that. I'm like, it's just just put on mm-hmm. shoes. Like, what's the big deal? And she's like, you know, they hurt. And I'm like, but but do they hurt or are they just uncomfortable? And 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 no, can you put them on and notice how they change after you wear them for five minutes, after you wear them for 10 minutes? Um, but it's, you know, like pay attention to those changes, because while this is a big change, a sudden change, there will be small changes along the way that feel like not a big deal. If you don't notice them, you'll miss them. And uh, yeah, it's just it's been interesting. It's always interesting because the li- the things that seem like not a big deal to me, it like never fails that they are definitely a big deal for somebody else. And I imagine that it's vice versa is true as well. So, you know, yeah, yeah, you actually, actually you're, you just made me think of something that I'm going to think that I'm going to go back on. I had said that change normally takes me out, but you're right. As a parent, right? You know this, that small moment of yeah. her being like, well, which shoe? It hurt me. And you're pausing. And I've had that moment with my son where suddenly he's able to actually put on his shoe himself. Yeah. And that like, whoa, it just, the, your heart, right? Just feels this intensity, right? Yes. And yeah, so not all change makes me break out in highs. It always like makes makes me take a moment. I do. I always take a moment. Yeah. But it's not uh it doesn't take me out of the game. I shouldn't say all change takes me out of the game. <laughs> um well, I want to take a moment, speaking of helping children process their feelings, I want to take a moment now and we should 100% talk about your book because it's wonderful. So, let's talk about uh say it with me. Say it with me. <laughs> You didn't say it with me. Anyway, I should have, I should have primed you for it. It gets me every time, every time. Um, The book is wonderful. So it's a bilingual book for, um, which is, I think, really exciting. Um, You know, like many kids in the US, I studied Spanish in school. So I got to feel really smart just reading it just myself. Um, and, and my kiddo is studying Spanish in school, but you know, at her Spanish level in school at this point in time is pretty minimal. Um, she's learned how to say hello and thank you. And that's it. So (laughs) they've had lessons on lots of vocabulary, but that's what she's got. That's what she's retained so far. (laughs) 
start. Like it's they've a gone start. through starting start. <laughs> they've gone jobs, they've gone colors, they've done everything. And she's like, Do you want me to tell you how to it's say like thank you in number. Spanish? And I'm like, I want you to tell me how to say yellow in Spanish. <laughs> she's like, I don't I don't remember, <laughs> but I can tell you how to say thank you in Spanish. <laughs> Um, but I digress. So tell, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. And, and if you want to give a little summary, maybe it's better if you tell them what it's about than if I do. Sure. So it is about, um, a mother and a child and the mother is teaching the child this beautiful, powerful practice of affirmations. And so throughout from the start of the day, when they wake up, you know, good morning, she, they're saying affirmations throughout the entire day, all the way to nighttime. And these affirmations are just self affirming of who we are, you know, like I say it with me, I have beautiful eyes. And the child says I have beautiful eyes. And by the end of the book, the child has now made these affirmations their own. And then the, one of my favorite parts is when he then goes to affirm his mom and says, mama, say it with me. I'm the best. And so the mom, you know, just feels this beautiful elation of, oh my goodness. Right. But the, the practice is, as much as it is teaching the child, it's also for the adult who's reading it to kind of sneak in self-care, self-love through the back door of, I'm reading this book to my child or to a child, you know? Yeah. So it's it's really beautiful. Um, it was inspired by my son. My, we, you know, when I first, when I first became a mom, you know, it's a hot mess. You know, there's like what, you know, it's very different. I don't care how many books there are in parenting. Nothing will prepare you become a parent, <laughs> step parent. I mean, it's all yeah. a different world. I'm a stepmother. The two, uh, my husband has two daughters. Um, and so very, very different. And I needed these, you know, I knew I wanted to raise my son with these affirmations because I didn't learn them myself until my late twenties, early thirties, yeah. really game changing practice. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known this sooner. And so very intentional in raising him this way. And I also, when, while I was telling him, it was also me who also needed to hear them and to practice them mm. again. And to, you know, because that self-care practice when you're a new mom goes out the window. You, I mean, it's just, for me, at least, it was just like survival. What are we doing? Um, and so it was a really nice way to incorporate it without feeling the mom guilt, teaching it to my son and, and really believing that every child needs to know how special they are, how wonderful they are, that that's just on a basic welcome to the world level. You're here, you know, you're here and, and own that and be, you know, and just know that you are here. Um, and so the confidence that comes with that, the reassurance that, you know, when you go out into the world, I, I can't control how people interact with my son, right? Or myself. The only thing I can control is knowing who I am. So someone can say to me, Nancy, you're blah, 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 blah. I can either let that affect me and sometimes it may, but I can walk away knowing that's not my truth. I know who I am. You know, mm. I am beautiful and wonderfully made. I am, you know, my skin is beautiful, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and that's what I want every child to know. And that that I think builds confidence, builds resiliency, which we definitely need um, and just leads to more people and children and parents and adults feeling more confident and more peaceful. And that's really what I want to share with the world. 
I love it. I love the book. I think that the illustrations are beautiful. I love that it's in English and in Spanish. So you can choose to read it in one language or both. Uh, it's open to a larger audience, which is really beautiful. Um, but I also really love that at the end of the book, it's kind of like this invitation. Like you can play this game with your kiddo, whether you're reading the book or not. This is a practice you could adopt. Um, and I think that that's a really nice idea to build something into the um, fabric of the family where we stop at some point during the day to say it with me. I am wonderful. And you are fantastic. This book is now available. You can get this book. Um, and so I'll have a link in the show notes where people can go to find this book. But also, if uh, if you want to order it from a, from a, a really awesome bookstore, and you don't have a bookstore you're already a super fan of, feel free to use mine. I'm a Pals Books lady. Feel free to order from Pals Books. Um, and I'll always, as anytime I talk to an author, there's always a link to Pals Books in the show notes. And um, I even reached out to them recently and I was like, I'm already telling people to shop with you. Could I be an affiliate? They were like, we don't have a program like that anymore. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to still do it anyway. So... <laughs> So I'm not getting paid for you buying books from Pals. I you are just supporting a great bookstore. Full stop. I know if anybody has a lead on a small bookstore that wants to pay me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. So yeah, we'll have links in the show notes to all that stuff. Um, well, so as we're bringing this conversation to a close, is there anything that you would love for people to walk away thinking about or having learned or any final thoughts or sarcastic remarks just from your experience in the conversation? Uh, I would just say, well, first off, thank you so much, Aiden. Um, and the, the thing that you kind of just nailed it was you can play say it with me at any point, you know, with, with your kiddo, with your child, with your students, grandchildren, niece, nephew, you know, shout out something silly, like say it with me, I'm a rock star, you know, or say it with me, you know, if they're struggling math, I'm a mathematician, whatever it is, um, you can just insert, say it with me, it automatically becomes a fun thing, you know, it automatically shifts the energy. Um, and yeah, please go check out, um, say it with me, Dilo Conmigo. You can find me at Instagram at I am Nancy Torres, my website, I am Nancy Torres.com and super excited. Fantastic. Um, well that's, uh, oh no, that's not the end of the show because the first I have to say, thank you for being here, Nancy. This was awesome. <laughs> and that's the end of the show. Uh, Aiden, thank you so much. This has been awesome. This is like one of my favorite, favorite podcast interviews that I've done. Thank you. This oh, was thank you so much. I am super flattered. Um, the, fantastic talking with you. I wish you so much luck and success with your book. I love this story of overcoming a simple fear. For Nancy, it was cats. For me, it was heights. I used to be terrified of heights, and then I got into rock climbing. I never felt afraid of being up high as long as I had my safety harness on. And then eventually, I could be hiking on a trail or picnicking on a cliffside or driving in Colorado, and I just wasn't afraid anymore. I suspect that when we take the time to notice that in this moment, there's enough time to pause, assess, 
regroup, and breathe, that we send safety signals to our brain where previously we perceived danger. Feel free to send me the science on this if you are well-versed in how this works. Regardless of what is happening in our brains around our fears, one thing that can be said here is that when you are afraid of something, there is no rule that says that you are sentenced to that fear for life, and transforming these connections can affect other areas of our experience. Say it with me, Digo Conmigo, is a heartwarming dual language picture book for children of all ages, where a child echoes their mama's affirming messages and makes her words their own. If you'd like to order a copy of your own, we'll have links in the show notes at thechangepodcast.com. Special thanks go to my family for their love, support, and patience. And to all of the amazing Changed Podcast Patreon page members, who I couldn't do this without, Art of Change Skills for Life, and Patreon member producer, Dr. Rick Kirshner. Thank you, Nancy, and thank you for listening to The Changed Podcast. I'm Aiden Nepom, and I wish you the kind of experiences in life you're excited to tell stories about. 